everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Dungeons and Diapers. My name is Crofton Sears. I don't know why I said it was a new episode. That infers that some of the episodes are repeats when they are, in fact, never repeats, unless you are listening to it a second time, which would be a good life choice. Uh, with me, as always, is uh, Ryan Murphy. But before I punt to Mer Ryan, I have to say I added, as always, but as many of you Longtime listeners may be aware we beat on pins and needles here at uh, the Dad Show. You know all the producers, all the grip stagehands, the whole the whole nine yards. Wondering if there we were going to have to replace Ryan because uh, he was expecting a third child, and we we knew he would be gone forever at that point. Um, so without further ado, Ryan, welcome. And do you have any updates for us and the listeners? Well, it was interesting that you mentioned our our uh, our grips, our our mail. I mean, my my podcast arm here. I, I know we don't do a video show anymore, but I don't. Can you see the truck nuts that are on my podcast arm here? Is that something you can see? I've never wanted to comment on them, but yeah. oh, okay. Well, um, you know, I guess the news I felt people out. would judge you. You know, they probably would and are and uh, will continue truck to be. Nuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, never actually seen a pair of truck nuts in real life, and I continue to live my life hoping that is the case. Uh, but no, uh, in terms of an update, uh, yeah, 10 days after we recorded our last episode, Isabel, uh, was born, and it's actually, I, I did say on the Gamers Inn because I was away for two weeks, and I've actually, I kind of paused all the podcasts for a couple weeks, and, um, I was saying on Gamers Inn that I would give the story here like the not the you know i stopped short of saying gory details but then jocelyn did say gory details and we're not going to get into the gory details but it is an interesting story in the sense that on uh so the, so isabel was born on the 31st of march and on the 30th of march at around nine o'clock i was recording two podcasts i recorded summoner's call with my co-host eddie which is about fire emblem heroes and then right after that i recorded a a mini for gamers in which is exclusive to our patreon and in that mini i continued to talk about you know due dates uh ashley's due date was march 31st and i basically you know uh took my fist and shook it at the air and said just watch me as i talked for about 15 minutes about how due dates aren't an exact science and how um, today was my last day of work and you know uh, i'm on parental leave and blah 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 uh Fast forward about four hours later, Ashley's, you know, asking me to wake up and because she's calling the hospital, uh, this is one in the morning and I'm like, okay, this is happening. Uh, none of our other kids were, you know, Ashley didn't go into labor in the middle of the night. It was always a convenient early morning or scheduled 9am. I think uh, Abby was a, was a scheduled appointment where we had just had to go in and start the process. But with Isabel, it was, it was that typical movie it's one in the morning we got to leave right now it's it sucks so we were and then on top of that we're in a global pandemic so i'm not going to forget that detail we are eh? yeah yeah we are <laughs> we'll talk more about that later on as well uh so we get to the, we you know and every other time ashley was in labor she and she doesn't let me drive ever because Evidently, my driving makes her sick, and it's 10 times worse when she's pregnant. Uh, something about the way I break and turn, I think it's perfectly normal, but it's all good. But this one, she's like, no, you're driving because I'm in 
some serious pain here, which is is new. So we get into the hospital and there's no one there. We're supposed to come through a merge. And I know you're saying like, oh, it's two in the morning. Well, the Peterborough hospital here in Emerge is always busy. There's always people there, but there was literally no one. It was a ghost town and it freaked both of us out. But, you know, talking to the nurses, they're essentially saying that people are taking this pandemic so seriously that they're only coming to the hospital for emergencies or to be tested for COVID-19. Uh, so that was kind of wild as we went in, there was no one there. They brought us upstairs. There was maybe like one other two other rooms occupied, uh, you know, people in labor. So it was interesting. We got in there. They were only allowing one support person. So I was allowed to be in the room. Whereas with Ashley's, uh, our other two, we had a full suite of people like Ashley's mother, Ashley's sisters. It was a lot. So this time around, it was just me and uh, the nurses and the doctor. And we're in there and, uh, yeah, it's it was interesting. We essentially went in at 2. We've got all settled in in labor and delivery at 2 a.m. And uh, Isabel was born at 2.52 a.m. It was a very quick turnaround. So Holy smokes. I know. Uh, Ashley has quick labors and essentially... So this is a usual thing for you guys. Like, it's not... Yeah, it's 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 pretty quick. Like Caden's was uh, a little slow. Uh, I think we got in there. We ended up. It was like a four a.m. wake up call, and uh, we went into the hospital. And he was born shortly around noon. So that was the the longest one. Abby was maybe we we had to go in. So the thing is, like Ashley's water didn't break with Abby, and she was uh, strep B positive. So she had to be on antibiotics until uh, for three hours or so before they break her water. So essentially, once they broke her water, the only reason we were in the hospital for so long was because she had to have those an- antibiotics, right? Um, but once the water broke, it was like 20 minutes and baby was here. So I knew. Holy yeah, shit. I know. And again, like totally not typical of like movie pregnancies where you're in labor for 36 hours. Honestly, most of the time those labors go so long is because of an epidural and uh ashley doesn't take anything for the pain all three times complete trooper i think the nurse and doctors with isabel described her as quote stoic uh she's very much like focused uh although you know and and everything was fine so i i should have mentioned at the top like baby's healthy ashley's healthy uh, i'm doing okay you know the kids are doing fantastic everyone's good but the fact that we were basically into the hospital at two in the morning and because of COVID 19 not only are they making changes to how you check in and 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 how labor works in terms of support people um, and even now that's changed. They're not allowing any support people in. So I was even saying to the nurse, like, this would be crazy for first time, you know, mothers to not have any support people, even the, the father or or a, a mother or something in there to help out. That that to me has to be the most reassuring thing is having someone in the room that you know, as opposed right. to just a bunch of strangers, right? Uh, at least if I put myself in that position, I, I would be like, uh, I would it, it would not work. I I would need someone I yeah, know yeah, in the yeah. room. Um, so now they're not allowing any support people because of uh, COVID nineteen, and and that was put in place maybe a week after Isabel was born. So, God, jeez, that and that seems like, like I mean, 
I guess I guess it's for the protection of the healthcare workers because mm-hmm. it's one more point of contact. But like I, you know, in most cases, like a husband and wife, they're probably isolated together and therefore have the same germs. And you know, like if they're in contact with one, they might as well be in. Con- you know, like there's no. I, I understand to a certain extent, but like it, it does seem excessive. And going through such a, a an important moment in your life without a, a loved one or support person uh, is like sort of an unsung tragedy of the whole uh, pandemic. Yeah, no, it it really it is really tough. And you know, talking to and then once the baby was born, we you know uh, we we settled in. Uh, Isabel was doing great. Like nurses would come in where where some interesting tidbits came on. So we were talking to the nurses. They were very helpful as always. And you know, shout out to, you know, PRHC, not that they're listening, but they, we have had no issues. All three babies born at the Peterborough hospital here and uh, their labor and delivery is, is fantastic. And uh, they were telling us about, you know, everything going on. It's been quieter. It's the calm before the storm. I don't think the storm has hit here locally in Peterborough just yet. Like I think we're still in that sort of hover period where we're not having a lot of cases locally, which is great. All thanks probably to social distancing and people just, you know, keeping that up. But because of COVID-19, they are doing, they're putting in place these things to, to uh, like you said, reduce the amount of contact. Uh, So with, uh, with pregnancies in labor and delivery, you don't normally spend a lot of time in labor and delivery. Once the baby's born, they check you into the ward so they have this new thing called, you know, early checkout. So basically when we got in, they're like, okay, if everything goes well and you want to go home, we can send you home after four hours. And mm. of course, Ashley being, you know, the trooper, the, the superhero she is, she's like, oh yeah, I, I want that. That was before even the baby was born, but she's like, no, I want to go, I want to go early. Uh, and I'm like, I think most people do want to go home early. I think so too. It, yeah. Like my my wife kind of did as well. I was kind of like, look, we get like some taken care of when we're here. You can sleep here. You know, there are nurses and shit. Why are we rushing out of here again? But then they made me sit in a really uncomfortable chair, so I was cool yeah. with leaving. I definitely had a nap on the uh, on the fold out sort of chair that becomes a bed. And I was, at that point, I had been woken up at one. I hadn't slept all night. And uh, I think I even went to bed a little late that night, so that didn't help either. Um, but yeah, they were stayed up late the night before bragging about how there's no way it was happening. On the I know, day, you I, know? I, and it's all it's all recorded. It's out there in the ether. Anyone can go listen to it. You can just you know check it out on the the gamers and Patreon. But uh, it was it was interesting because uh, yeah, we we essentially were in, had the baby, everything was fine. You know, everyone was doing well. They they cleared Ashley. They cleared Isabel. And uh, they sent us home. I was home for lunch the next day, essentially. Uh, we were in and out in less than 12 hours, which I feel has got to be not a record, but it's certainly our record. We've always spent about at least a day at the hospital. But uh, yeah, we were, it was such a whirlwind thing. Like one day we didn't have a kid and then, and then like the next morning we were home with a brand new brand new baby and uh it's it's been it's been a it's oh it's almost been a month so that's crazy like isabel's three weeks old and she's doing really well and it's it's crazy having a newborn again how much you forget like 
and then yeah. instantly remember, you know? Like, oh yeah. yeah. No, I, I no, I I remember um that feeling and uh, the definite feeling with the second child was like how is this even possible? Like I remember that uh, like not not that you have a newborn but how is it possible to manage two children, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that becomes that moment of like it's never going to work. Like this is ridiculous. Um, and, uh, but like, I would imagine for the third child, you're kind of like, okay, you know, I got, I've, I've got this to a certain extent. It's going to be tough right now, but we're going to figure this all out. Like you might have a little bit more peace of mind. Yeah. I think for me at this specific moment, when it comes to having three kids, uh, I'm taking it in phases. So right now it's like, okay. Uh, in the morning and and that's the thing like that's the reason I took a little extra time to get back to podcasting is we're trying to get into a routine so both Ashley and I aren't working I'm on parental leave probably talk about it a little bit later when we get into diapers but you know the specifics but essentially like our days have sort of gotten into a routine where we you know Isabel's at an age where she's like eating and then she's asleep eating asleep we change diapers in between as as you know as best we can and she's been doing really well to to at least take those sleeps when she needs it i think once in a blue moon she's fussy and won't won't sleep but for us uh you know in the morning i wake up i grab like once the kids are awake you know caden and abigail i take them downstairs and they have been also really good like if i ever let tried to let ashley sleep in they would always just be begging to go upstairs and get mommy but for some reason uh, maybe they've they've grown some sense of you know uh, uh, respect or care to not wake up Ashley when she's sleeping. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just delightful to uh, to have around at breakfast. But uh, they've been really good in the morning for the most part to just kind of leave Mummy alone for an additional two to three hours of sleep in the morning uh, because Isabel's schedule kind of works in a way where she is feeding and then going back down to bed around like five a.m. So. That, that's sort of how we've been getting into a schedule is essentially like when Ashley's busy with Is- Isabel, I'm stepping, I'm always with Caden and Abby, but you know, I'm working with Caden and Abby to keep them occupied while Ashley's busy with Isabel. And there's some like tossing back and forth, but we're pretty much at this point, we're strictly breastfeeding. Uh, and by we, I mean, my wife, Ashley, uh, is breastfeeding. So it's, it's kind of, I'm the... I'm the support guy, like I'm the distractor, I'm the, you know, court jester as, you know, if someone, if Kate and Abigail are, you know, fighting over a toy, like I'm the one stepping in and, you know, figuring it out, you know, it's, that's sort of my role, at least the role I've stepped into, like, and some days are easier than others, but there are some days where it's just like completely, you two are, you two are clearly going at it to, to spite me, <laughs> you know, like fighting each other over some stupid toy. We have six copies of for some reason. I don't know. It's, it's wild. It's like they can, they can tell, but we've been cooped up as well inside. And that's been a struggle because the kids would go to the park every day and the parks are closed. So we've got, we've got a, like an empty backyard and we've got nothing for them to do, but run around in circles. So it only goes so far. <laughs> You know, it is funny because like we were talking the other day, my wife and I about like, if you could have one thing back, like just one thing, what would it be? And, and we both said the park and it is just so funny because like 
the part it's not for us it's for our kids right mm-hmm. like and it, it would just be a thing like if we could have one thing back and be the part and I, I i think it's such an age and 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 where you are in life type situation because a lot of people would probably say like restaurants or uh or you know like uh socializing with friends you know and all that and i, I we were both like on point to be like no the park because we have nowhere to go. Like we have nowhere to go and, and the kids are asking for it. And there's nothing more heartbreaking than a two-year-old saying, park daddy, park. And, and you saying, I'm sorry, there's a global pandemic. And because of the germs and viral load on the monkey bars, we're not able to go. And she's like, park daddy. And I'm like, did you not listen to me? Yeah. You know, but. Uh, have you not but, been listening? But yes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so, um, so I'm glad and congratulations and i'm glad to hear uh, everyone's healthy i'm glad to hear isabel is in the world and uh and uh doing all her newborn eating and sleeping and pooping things mm-hmm. uh, i totally am glad to hear uh, ryan murphy has become a full-time dad to two children while his wife has to uh, uh manage the newborn because that's how i imagine it i imagine you just like keeping these two little monsters from destroying you and the house because that's where you're stuck. Um, So, you know, speaking of that, like it's been a, it just so happens, I guess that you and uh, uh, Ashley had your third child at this particular moment in time and that we there, we took a break at this moment in time, right? Like it's, it just so happened. So there it's actually, the world has completely shifted in the past uh, since pretty much like our last episode, we were talking about like, whoa, sh- shit's been getting real and things were just happening and, and work was just changing. And, 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 and now, uh, obviously like, um, in time of recording, we're like April 23rd. Now, uh, there's been like a month pretty much plus of isolation. Um, and, uh, I guess, how are you guys holding up in, I know it's, it's t- tough to, to uh, tease apart having a newborn uh, because I was housebound a lot with the newborn as well mm-hmm. um, with tease apart, having a newborn with this, this new world. But like, like how do you get groceries? So uh, for groceries, how we've been doing it. And, and again, this is uh, kudos to, to Ashley. Um, we've been ordering them online uh, from no frills. So I think it's president's choice. They have an app and they have a two-week window where you subscribe. You you pick a date and a time, and you you fill your cart with items. And uh, Ashley's been very good to kind of get in there and, and order uh, and place the order. And essentially, it's like we're ordering groceries two weeks at a time, and I, I just pick them up. So essentially, I drive to the store. I call the store, and I say, hey, it's uh, you know order for Verhoeven or whatever. And they, oh, we'll be right out. So they bring the groceries out and I load them in the car and they take the cart away and that's it. It's all paid for. Um, and uh, it's been working really well. Uh, that that actually has been working fantastic. The, the struggle I've had with this virus and, you know, our family, we don't eat out a lot. I know, Crofton, you enjoy a good uh, eating out. Like you've got your restaurants, you've got Ottawa's a big foodie town, right? And Peterborough's got a bit of that as well. And I was saying to to Ashley's like, I really feel bad for these, you know, local restaurants, these local businesses that, you know, without customers are essentially like gonna fall apart and, and wither. So I, I thought, Oh, well let's try skip the dishes or DoorDash. We've never done it before. 
we we always do we order pizza and stuff but we ordered um doordash and you know because we're parents we wanted to eat the we wanted to eat the good food once the kids went down so i said well let's order it for 715 you punch it in the app you get it from a specific restaurant we wanted to try something new so we i think it was um it was burritos or something and uh and then we were bathing the kids and i come downstairs and and the kids are down and it's like seven o'clock it's like oh our food's here it's early so I bring it in and I'm like, did you not get a notification? Because Ashley ordered it on her phone. The food arrived 30 minutes, like 45 minutes early. So it was sitting outside in the cold for 30 minutes. And I'm like, well, that's not great. Like that's, comp- you say 7.15, you at least think they're going to deliver it around 7.15. So we open it up and the food is just cold. So we heat it up and it's just mush. And I'm like, oh my God, just terrible. So that's, that's been my biggest struggle right now is like not just the parks, but like trying to do a good, what I thought was a good thing. And also like Ashley and I could have a nice meal in and try to support a local business and just like fell apart. It, it was terrible. Oh man, we were complaining about it for days afterward. Not much else to talk about, right? But um, I don't know. Do you have much experience with those those services? Like did I do something wrong or something? Like I figured I did it pretty perfectly. <clears throat> I think they're struggling. Like all of them um, are struggling to adapt to the new world order, like the delivery services. Um, obviously, uh, the gro- You know, when you were talking about the groceries and the no frills and all that, we used to all we used to do pickup. We do do pickup of groceries. It was one of our life hacks. You know, not everybody does that. Uh, you order it online. You just show up. They put it in your car they would often give you a gift of appreciation. They were so happy that you were using that service. Like, Oh, here's a free granola bar and a drink. I'm like, Oh, sweet. Thank you. Um, but now everybody is using it and they're just like, you've got to order weeks in advance and you can't edit your cart and you've got, and they make mistakes and there's nothing in stock. And, uh, when the workers come out, I ask them how they're doing and they're like, Oh, we haven't had any breaks. Uh, and it's just crazy for them. And I think to a, to a lesser extent, delivery is struggling because mm-hmm. they're trying to get they're trying to get people um, to trust that the food is safe. Um, and this is this is tricky because, like, even my wife, uh, she, you know, and the fewer points of contact we can have with other people, the better. And so, while she's okay, you know, obviously okay with one grocery big grocery trip a week. Um, ordering out has been a, a struggle and I also want to support like local businesses and stuff, but I, I crave some of the, the meals we have. If we're, if we're stuck at home, like I, I want to get from some of the places that we used to order from and those places like skip the dishes and jits and, and all um, just eat. And a lot of those, they take a huge chunk out of the pay. So of, of the restaurant. So we're trying mm. to go directly to the restaurants and order from them. And um, one of the big, things is just looking at takeout versus delivery first off i'd like to get out of the house like i never get out of the house i have no reason to get out of the house i work in the basement i'm i'm like you know like we're just walking around the block and so just driving a little ways to pick up food from a restaurant is like a big outing for me right now so i totally don't mind doing it and uh and it means that that's one less person in the chain. So, like, they they provide it to me, and most of the restaurants they pick up, they put like big guards on, and they're just they're just sliding the food out to me, and and then I take it and I bring it in the car. We've ordered out 
three times in the past month and a half or so, mm-hmm. which is not much by our standards by any stretch of the imagination. And I feel totally comfortable. Like we wiped down the containers with like Lysol wipes, even though I'm not necessarily sure that was even necessary. Um, and, and all was well, uh, because you guys may have ended up with a cold, soggy meal or whatever, but like the, but at least like, you know, there was, there wasn't the, it sounds bad to say this, but it's true. At least there wasn't an interaction with the delivery person. Like mm-hmm. he left it there. He did, and yeah. so like there, so there was, you didn't no exposure on either side. You just picked up a bag on your step and, uh, it, it sucks. Like had it worked out properly, like had they got the time right, had they figured this sort of stuff out, then then you would have just had a great meal and you wouldn't have had, uh, you, you know, you wouldn't have had that sort of interaction. But unfortunately, you know, it's not. Um, for me, it, I, I just feel that the world is so crazily different, but we're homebodies generally. So it took us a while to really feel it. Like, um, uh, you know, we're not necessarily going out every weekend and, and we don't see our friends as much as that we'd like to. You know, for, for God's sake, I do podcasts with a lot of my friends. I see a lot of my friends virtually on the regular anyway, you know. So so that it, it's taken a while. And I would say that this week has been the week where we've really started feeling it. There's always been something to look forward to. And it started to feel like there's less and less. And um, as well as it's just been become, you know, tougher on the kids. I don't know how your kids are doing. I, I'll say that my kids have been amazing up until this past week where I feel like Gwen is starting to, the, the five-year-old is starting to really uh, feel it. Um, so uh, how are the, how are, uh, how's Caden doing, uh, for instance? I think Caden's doing okay. Like, I think they, Caden and Abby both kind of get it. Like they understand, I think Caden really gets it as opposed to Abby who, who will, you know, kind of joke about it and say like, oh, well, the virus is there. Is the virus over there? Like it's everywhere, man. It's going to get us. We have to stay away. Um, but uh, for Caden and Abby, like we just, I think the the good days are where we figure out a way to, to get outside. We go for a walk. You know, Peterborough is not as, you know, densely populated as, you know, Ottawa is or other areas. So we're able to go for a walk and we can safely stay away from, from, from other people. Right. And, uh, it's just a matter of keeping them moving, but it's also been like kind of bitterly cold. So that's where our struggle is. But here locally, um, just down the street, there's a, there's a house where they've got these two large stuffed animals and every morning they go out and they change this sort of uh, this sort of setup of these of these stuffed animals. So one day they're like playing darts. The other day they're watching Netflix. They're you know at the beach. So they dress them up in like beach wear and stuff. So that's sort of been our daily routine. Whether we're driving by on our way to you know a trail or something, or to go uh, go. Uh, pick up something or other days where we're we're walking just down the street to see this thing so that's been a good sort of daily routine for the kids to to get them to understanding of what what we're doing but then there are other days where we just you know we do a pj day and and we'll watch a movie you know we're not watching more tv than we normally would but i think i think they're doing they're doing okay and we did order a we did order a play structure we're going to try to build it in the backyard um, so that the promise of, of something for them to do in the backyard has also, 
I think really helped, although they shipped us the wrong one and a bunch of I, I, uh, <laughs> so. we're, we're in the same boat. Like Jesse was like, oh, we need to order stuff. And, and, and like slides have like a really tough to find right now. We, we ended up ordering this green, um, house like it's like a it's like a, a playhouse but it's like all about like recycling and it's got like fake solar panels and mm. all of this and like it's got a doorbell and all this but clara at her daycare loved the playhouse so we were just looking for a playhouse it's like a little tykes green playhouse or whatever and anyway gwen and i assembled it over the course of like two weekends of like and it was brutal in terms of assembly like just tons of screws and like some of the holes are pre-drilled and then other ones are not and it's it was just like but now it's up oh thank god it's great because clara can independently play in it like she'll go outside she'll be like my house my house like it was for her two-year-old birthday and she's so excited she was so excited about it so it was all worthwhile but man like we feel fortunate and you've been to my house before yeah. we we feel fortunate to have an enclosed backyard in which that we're able to sort of like put some of this stuff and maybe provide entertainment for the children because they're the ones I feel the worst for. Uh, I do find it funny though. Like, right. I'm not sure. Like you probably even more so than me, but, but um, early on in particular, people who were like isolated were just like, Oh my <sighs> God. Like <laughs> no, I watched so is. much. I watched so much Netflix and like, oh, th I need a good game and I'm going to read this book. And like now I can take up painting and and I'm making some bread or whatever. And you're just like, fuck you guys. I have kids, <laughs> you know, like and I have literally no extra time, like not an iota more extra time. My commute is already really short. And if anything, the lack of a barrier between home and work yeah. has made my work's been crazy. I've been doing more work. Um and it's been an abnormal situation uh, at work as well, like in terms of like adapting to this. And I've had to do a bunch. Still a relatively new job for me, so I'm trying to trying to get into that groove as well. So like, it just means that that um, I have not an iota more time. Mm -hmm. And every everybody is going on on the internet about like, oh, I did, I did this or that. Oh, you're not finished final fantasy seven yet or whatever i'm like god i'm lucky to have been able to play it at all i bought a book because i was like oh, i'm in a pandemic I, i'd like to start i should tried to start reading this book about like eight times i get nowhere because i've got like no time and i'm super tired and i can choose to do maybe one thing and i know that's what this show's about it's like balancing this stuff but it feels like in the pandemic situation it's even been harder to balance or to carve out that time for myself maybe my kids are going to bed later i don't know um but it just feels like th there's less and less uh time available for even though i'm at home all day mm -hmm. like today i went outside for the first time at like 5 p.m and it was a beautiful day like i've been yeah. in my basement all day working and then at lunch bless her heart gwen wants to play animal crossing with me and so like, I'm like, all right, but like, that was my hour of like, like I have lunch and then we come down, we do a half hour of animal crossing. Then I got to go back to work. And it's not, it's not like, like, I know, you know, people might say, well, Crofton, you're at home. There's no camera on you. You don't have to necessarily do your hours perfectly in this exact way. But the thing is, it's my work's been so busy that it's been like, no, I need to get back. Like I'm checking and I'm, people are waiting on my responses for a bunch of stuff and I feel like stressed about it. And so, yeah, no, I, I end up 
getting back sooner than later in hopes that I'll be able to be done sooner than later. So it's, it's been for, for me, um, very, very stressful. And just recently I've sort of had conversations with my boss. I'm not the only one at my work that's been like this about like how we can, how we can better manage time because my wife has a job as well. And they've been much more flexible at her work based on the fact that she's unable to do a lot of her job right now. Um, so, so it's, it's like, you know, two jobs, two kids, you know, one house, mm -hmm. like something's got to give. And, um, and the no child care, you know, like, um, everybody's situation is different, but I know that there's a lot of folks in that situation and they're just taking their kids in front of the TV. I'm not saying that we're not. Oh, we and I have no judgments for sure. Like, yeah. I'm, like I, yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, you had said before we were recording, I'm, I'm lucky to, to not be working right now. And, and I mean, I, I, I also agree. I'm, I'm lucky not to be working right now. I'm on, I'm Cause on you're on paternity. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, going back to your original comment about, you know, people saying they're bored and I, I unfortunately see, feel both sides of that where I'm like, I turned to Ashley a couple of times when this was going early on, early days, uh, even, you know, after Isabel was born, when we had less free time, I turned to her and was like, if I have to hear one more person say they're bored, I'm going to lose my mind. You know, these are people who are retired that are saying this. And it's like, you trained for this moment for 60 years, you trained to be retired and you're bored. You have, you have so much entertainment available to you. And then, and then people who don't have kids, that are, that are that are you know younger they're not they haven't had kids yet or they're not having kids and saying they're bored it's like you can't say you're bored there's just so much stuff you could be doing i mean these these folks that are talking about tiger king like it's the second coming it's like okay maybe they maybe they hit a limit there and and they are so bored that they they think that documentary is so is great i mean i'm only an episode and a half in maybe it gets better i don't know but and then I see the other side. It's like, well, you know, they could easily turn around and be like, well, you chose to have kids. And I don't like that response either. So I just kind of keep my mouth shut about it. But I think like, again, I see both sides. It's like, yes, I chose to have kids. Yes, it's a lot of work, but it's also very rewarding. Um, but I just, I don't kind of want to hear about how you're bored. No, no. And it feels like, like uh, my wife and I had this conversation. I may have even mentioned this on the show last time. I can't remember it all blurs together. It might be in the good, bad or bullshit special that we did on coronavirus that will probably be released two years after the coronavirus is over. <laughs> hey, Bo's been doing all right. You, you, I've been listening yeah. to the show. I think I'm caught up and, and you guys are at the point where you're, you're talking about Corona, but it's, uh, but it's still jokey. Like, ah, I can't get that bad. So you're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. Yeah. Um, so uh, the um, what was I going to say about the? God damn it! People are sorry. People are saying that they're bored, and then I'm oh yeah like on the other side of it, like ah yeah yeah um yeah people like so that is that is really really frustrating. And me like because you're a bit younger than me, me be something that you're you face with more more often than I am because most of my friends have have kids to a certain extent and enter in some sort of situation. But even if you have kids, it's their age as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so like Gwen is five and she, if I had two five-year-olds right now, uh, I would buy another switch and another copy of animal crossing. And I'm pretty much set. Um, but, uh, but like Clara is two 
and she is like just turned two and Gwen didn't have much of the terrible twos and Clara definitely is showing signs of like wanting to push limits and all that. She's so mm. super adorable, whatever. But, but also she's, you know, she's stuck at home and she loves going to the park and she can't do these things. She misses her daycare friends. I can tell like there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff. So, the age that Clara is 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 a shitty one for this situation, unfortunately, and that that that's the thing. Like, even if you have kids, like I I hear people with two teenagers, and and, and you know their their whole social lives are being cramped or whatever, or yeah. they're acting out and they're they're at home. Um, that can be tough in a different way. Like everything can be tough, but I I would say that like uh, for me. Um, like even when talking at work, everybody's like, well, I have kids and I'm like, yeah, but do you have a two year old? Because like, I feel like, like if you have kids and you're like, I got a seven year old and a nine year old, I'd be like, yeah, okay. They're kids, but you can just sit them in front of a screen can take care of them. And I'm not saying that it should, but I'm just saying like, it's not all kids are necessarily the same. And just cause you're at home with kids, like just like you have a newborn, that newborn has different needs. If you were, if Ashley was like, well, I have three kids at home and be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just put them in front of a screen. Well, once a newborn. Oh, okay. Okay. People understand newborn, but it feels like when you get like, even just to two or whatever, people don't understand the amount of care that a two-year-old that a two-year-old requires or entertainment or monitoring as opposed to an older child. Um, yeah. The the good news is that the two-year-old doesn't get depressed or doesn't, doesn't feel down based on the situation where I can see Gwen as somebody who's more aware as a five-year-old starting to be like, you know, like, why can't I see my friends? When am I going to go back to school? When is sort of like, she has a better sense of these things. And that's that, but at the same time is also able to self entertain a lot better. Yeah. And I don't, like for for us, what we've been trying to do is make sure that Gwen has something to look forward to, or something that every day that will make her sort of entertained. And I'm about to say into Animal Crossing here, so if you if you want to stop me now is the time because I'm gonna go. No, I, I, I uh, guess I would just say uh, I would just say that uh, there's Isabel there if you can hear. Um, Hi, Isabel. <laughs> it's cold outside um i think i think ashley's letting the dog out uh essentially when it comes right down to it i i think i i think us as parents we should be feel comfortable to be able to put it out there into the ether and say like oh man being this pandemic's really you know hurt me when having pandemic with kids it's terrible and then folks who don't have kids or, or or finding themselves in moments of boredom, they should be able to state that opinion. And maybe we can just agree not to like harsh each other's vibes. Like they can complain that they're bored. We can complain that our, our houses are hectic. But I've seen so many, you know, personalities and friends on, on Twitter and Facebook say, yourself included, say that they're they're swamped with the kids during this pandemic. It's like, oh, just be glad you don't have kids during this pandemic, that sort of thing. And then getting these responses back of like, you know, Oh, like, I guess you shouldn't add kids or blah, 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 those type of responses. It just, ma- it makes my stomach turn. That's all just that. It just, it, it sucks. Oh, I, I do hear it. And Jesse and I've had these conversations about like, this is a once in a lifetime generation um, beyond event. I asked my 70 plus year old mom, I won't date her on the show so that she's not embarrassed. But uh, like uh, I asked her, like, in your lifetime, have you ever seen anything like this? And she's like, no, I haven't. Um, 
even in my mother's lifetime, like there's the world wars in her mother's lifetime. But but she's like, it would go back like to the Spanish flu or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's like, I've never seen anything like this. So so my mom hasn't, I haven't in my lifetime. So it, it so happens that this happened at one point during my lifetime. And it's the time when I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And I would say, I would say to that, that like there, there's people that say like, you know, you are really lucky. You're getting additional time with your family. And this is totally true. You're getting additional time with your family. Um, you're getting to, uh, uh, you know, like there's a lot of people who are combating loneliness right now. Yeah. Um, and and that are that are having a difficult time, and you are t- you know you are totally not, and it's true. If anything, I would just love to have the whole house to myself for a day or something like that. Or a day, a- I, I I find myself sometimes you know saying out loud like, man, just a day, just a day, yeah. just a break, like a, a small break, like again, you know. And and I um I I even look at folks who who uh, like. I don't know. Uh, there are some folks who only have two kids or one kid where it's like, yeah, it's still hectic, but there are those opportunities where you, where you can say, I'll take the two kids. I'll distract them for, you know, three or four hours. So you can have the afternoon. We don't obviously have that luxury because uh, we have two no. kids I have to entertain. And then we have a newborn, which again, is fine. And we've never like, we obviously don't have the support of, of grandparents because we can't we can't right now you can't drop the kids off you can't have them here to watch you can't even have uh you know an aunt or uncle to stop in and just watch the kids for a couple hours it it's just it's something we can't do right now so yeah it's a it's a struggle but we're gonna get obviously get through this and we'll look back and be like yeah we did get that extra time at home with the kids and you you have animal yeah. crossing to talk about you know like well, the, i, I do time. have an i have an uncle uh, who we've sort of like compromised the social distancing for so that he can help out. And his name is uncle Tom Nook and uh, <laughs> Tom Nook is uh, the, the raccoon that sets up your Island in animal crossing. Now, just a little background here. Not that anybody needs it because according to my Twitter account, everybody is playing this game. Um, the, the animal crossing is one of those games that I had for a long time known about and I knew the core concept about, and I knew that there were some hardcore fans for, but I didn't get it. You know, like I, I really didn't get it. I was just like, just on paper, when you explain to me what it is, um, which is essentially you live in a town full of animals and it happens in real time. And, you know, you can um, harvest wood and do crafting and do different things, do fishing and catch bugs. And put them in a museum or whatever. I like. I could feel my eyes roll in the back of my head because it has no conflict. It has no. It's not about you know an, a, a grand adventure, although you could interpret it in that way. And there's a lot of people that are just like you try to start talking to them about Animal Crossing, and you can see their their eyes want to glaze over until this one, which seems to have broken through in a big way, including with my family. And honestly, I had my eyes on it because Nintendo has been like the Walt Disney for my family in the past little while, like from Yoshi to Luigi's Mansion to Mario Odyssey. Like it seems like every game has been a huge hit where Gwen and I, I I've like, Oh God, I got to pay 79 99. Like a, uh, it's a lot of money for a game. 
and then I buy it, and then we get tons and tons of hours, and Gwen and I play together, and we have an amazing time. And so I was willing to give Nintendo the benefit of the doubt on this Animal Crossing game. I was like, you know what? I may be skeptical, but like this feels like a game everybody's excited about. You know uh, that that know know it, and maybe I will understand something about its appeal when I start playing it. But if anything, I feel that Gwen will like it. And oh my God, was I right about that? She loves that game, and like <laughs> I mean, there's games that she's played before, and like we've had a really good time in. The Goose game was the first game where she really could play by herself. Like she's like with Luigi's Mansion, she was able to play Luigi a bit. And that was a big step. Goose game. She could like, I could fall asleep on the couch and I'd wake up and she'd made a pile of shit with her goose. Um, that was, that was cool. But the level that she plays animal crossing is just like, that is, she's now like full gamer, like full, full on. Nice. And now get, Animal Crossing is not a Twitch game. Like, it's not – like, you don't know, need any sort of, like, skills. And the, the the biggest danger is being stung by wasps or or bit by a tarantula, which uh, which obviously that would be, would be scary. But uh, really, there's no – there's there's no death and no, and, uh, and no real danger. Um, and it's just – it's just going around and doing stuff. And uh, – and in a in a nice environment and where you can you can you know uh decorate and garden and do all these things that you sort of like can't really do super well right now because of the coronavirus situation and so because of that it has just gone down super easy and the last thing before i ask you if you are playing animal crossing and what you think about it because i'm assuming you are because you're a big nintendo uh a file um is is that it happens in the the real time makes a big difference because it means that every day there's an update of like what's new what's going on and and things change like and some things are things on a schedule like i don't know it's earth day today so they have an event but then other things are things that you have done so you start building a house it's only going to be done being built the next day or the oh the museum's being built you're only going to find out about it the next day. At first, this annoyed the shit out of me, but now I just think it's genius. When my daughter goes to bed, I'm tucking her in at night right now, and like it, we're in a world of friggin' apocalyptic pandemic, and I'm like, okay, you know, you know, tomorrow's another day in which it's going to be the same as the day before, or whatever. And I'm like, and, and she, instead of like saying like just good night daddy she's like oh daddy you know what i'm excited about and, I'm, and I'll, I'll say like i don't know gwen what are you excited about and she'll be like oh tomorrow um is like some merchant is going to be there in animal crossing or tomorrow <laughs> is like tomorrow the uh um you know this building is going to be built or uh, you know the other thing or whatever or um and i'm i'm on full-on rant here i knew i was gonna this is gonna happen but we do things in the game because it's also a tool set in a weird way. Like you can arrange a scavenger hunt for your child in the game. There's a board at the outside the town hall where you can write messages. You can leave hints and 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 have your child go on a scavenger hunt where you, you bury stuff across the island. Mm -hmm. You can mail them letters with 
we found out like you can mail them letters and you can attach presents to it every night now she expects it she's like i can't wait to see what you're gonna send me tomorrow like after we're done this podcast i have to get on animal crossing to find something she doesn't have to mail it to her so that when she wakes up tomorrow and plays the game that she has mail and that it has a present and a nice message from me really and also super annoying um so so uh so yeah like because of because of all that though it's just like this robust package of tools to entertain your kid during a pandemic and to teach them because we're doing a bunch of like reading we're doing like like math math stuff uh she has this crazy thing where she seems to be trying to put every merchant on the friggin' island out of business. So she has created her own shop in which she's undercutting, trying to undercut the price of Nook's Cranny. Pretty much everything's a dollar, which is amazing uh, because she has so much more time than me to get shit. She's made a museum on the beach, which has taken up most of the beach front, which was annoying. She's put, she's like, she refuses to donate things to Blathers' museum, who's the museum thing now. <laughs> she now like she now puts them in her museum on the beach. She piles up all these like animals, and it turns out like the fossils, which I thought like there's no way you can do anything with the fossils. If you get them assessed and you drop them, they turn yep. into full goddamn skeletons. So the entire beach is a dinosaur skeleton right now oh, of wow. mismatched parts. So it is it is really funny be- because um the way that you like Jess and I were talking about, like there was a story a few years ago about this, um, about this guy uh, who passed away, and him and his son played this racing game together, video game, and they kept time trial competing on the same track, and um, and so the, the the person with the best time would become the ghost car, right? Like it's the the car that you had to to beat if you're playing the time trial the time trial is single player you're just racing against a ghost version of the best time so anyway the dad got the best time and then he passed away and uh and then the kid found like they'd forgotten about the game or whatever the kid found the game at one point and he started racing against this 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 ghost and eventually was about to beat it and then did not so that he wouldn't erase his dad's memory or whatever super sad story i'm cheering up just talking about it i really wish i hadn't mentioned this story but but the the point is is that gwen's island on animal crossing is such a pure representation of where she is as a child and like what she's thinking the way she decorates it the where she puts things the crazy ideas she comes up with like i'll be walking around i'm a resident on her island as well which is annoying as a resident but cool as a dad um and uh i i walk around on her island and i see shit and i see like pure representations of her imagination it's just crazy like really like really cool things if it's not her opening a store somewhere like and and when i say opening a store like she gets a kiosk she she gets a bunch of wooden wooden tree stumps she puts goods on each of the wooden tree stumps and then like sets it all up so that like and she's five years old i'm like man this is pretty pretty impressive so i have to say i'm a friggin' huge fan of animal crossing new horizons ryan i have ranted for like what feels like an eternity hmm. what are your thoughts about animal crossing new horizons what? and why is it the best game ever yeah, well, what, I've been playing it, um, and I think for Caden and Abigail, they're still very much, you know, passive uh, gamers, uh, and with Animal Crossing, that that still sticks. Although, you know, I've 
I've been able to get them to enjoy certain side scrollers like Sonic and and some early Mario games. But with with Animal Crossing, um, we were everyone hated that bunny event, right? But for me, it was great because it was the only time I could get Caden and Abigail to sit and enjoy Animal Crossing because everything you hit spouted out an egg so every time you hit a tree or you hit a rock an egg would pop out and abby would just lose her shit she'd be like oh my god get the egg dad get the egg and so i was gwen was so excited when that easter event started Mm. like that's a good example of like she was going to bed and she was so excited about the easter event and i think it's a testament to how badly they mishandled that event that that she couldn't stand eggs and was just throwing them on the ground within oh. like a day, you know? So like, cause she loves that shit and she was so excited, but they just made it too crazy, right? Yeah, it, it was a bit much. And I think they're gonna, we're gonna see some, some changes going forward with some of their events. But I think um, that's the big difference between, you know, you and I going, even going forward with the show is that, your your daughter's going to be a year advanced over over Caden. So I think Caden's getting there in terms of wanting to play. He's still struggling with some concepts. I think he would he would uh he would lose interest in in Animal Crossing if he if he was solely playing, but he does enjoy sort of chilling while we play it cuz it's a very relaxing experience. That's what I've been using it for. So, you know, once we get the kids to bed and everyone's settled upstairs, I'll go down and play like a half hour of Animal Crossing and I'm totally fine which is collecting some fruit and, you know, busting some rocks and just talking to some villagers. And that can be my half hour. And I'm, and I'm fine with that. So I've been doing about a half hour a day just as a sort of relaxation. Although I am playing the stock market with the turnips and um, having a bad, having a bad week there. I've got about 1500 turnips sitting there and my prices have been (laughs) rock bottom. Uh, So I hope at least I can, I can, you know, break even, but yeah, those turnips, I haven't really, like, I know, see, the whole adult component of this game that's viral on the internet with the turnip market, and, um, and like, a lot of, the, like, you see these, like, keeping up with the Joneses, like, look at this house I made, it's a tiki bar, and I did, I did everything down to the, and you're just like, oh, my God, do you guys not have children, you know, like, because, because uh, <laughs> I'm playing a different version of Animal Crossing than they are, like, like, I appreciate it. And Jesse and I, because Jesse, this is it. She likes this game. Like, she likes playing it. I can tell. Like, she's going to come down momentarily and she's going to want to play it. And yes, she's going to give a gift to Gwen. And, and there's a lot of stuff that we do. She now has a house on the island. That's what's cool, too. Like, we all have houses on Gwen's island, like, except Clara, obviously. But, uh, like, so, so Gwen, and we play co op. Uh, often, which is really annoying in Animal Crossing, and uh, but but whatever, we go around and get dragged around by Gwen and and uh, and that sort of stuff. So so um, there's a lot of features that are really great for a family playing together. But Jessie really really enjoys playing it too, and she plays it in the way that you play it, Ryan. Like she, mm-hmm. in the evening, she will do the half hour or whatever, and 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 go through her thing. She might go to a mystery island because Gwen's blown all the resources on our island, um, and. Uh, and and get some get some stuff but uh but yeah it's just it's not um for me it's it's really like the the, the relationship building thing that i have with my kid right now and that i feel is just so well suited to them at this point in time and also like it's well suited to the media cycle because media 
always report on what's sort of going on. And if a game comes out, it gets a lot of hype, but then it fizzles. But Animal Crossing is constantly delivering something or another. It drips, it gives out its content, content and drips and drabs. So the media is constantly reporting on it, making you want to be like, oh, well, maybe I'll play Animal Crossing. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been an interesting, and I mean, every time an Animal Crossing game comes out, I find that everyone jumps on board and i think then the way nintendo's been supporting this one and i mean we've only seen not like this though no not like this no and that's what i'm saying i agree with you yeah like the way nintendo's been supporting this one at least from the first update people are all over it like they announced uh this this upcoming quarter of, of content with like the earth event the museum day and then literally a month of wedding season and people are like ecstatic that they're going to have all this new stuff to do and it's not it's not like uh previous animal crossings where it's like oh it's christmas or it's winter or it's halloween these are events that are sort of adding on to everything else you're already doing in the game and and i i agree with you you have that keeping up with the joneses thing where i'm like i'm not affected by that whatsoever because i'm like I just want to enjoy the game, so I'm stoked that I'm still going to be working on my house when Halloween's around, when Christmas is around, because I'll be able to enjoy those events and enjoy continuing to play Animal Crossing at my own pace. But I know some folks have like really ran with it, and I think that's where visiting their islands has been fun for me to kind of see what other people are doing. I like just unlocked terraforming, and I have no interest in like diving into that right away, but Caden was over the moon in that I could build... I could put land in rivers and build bridges and then destroy bridges. He was so like having a ball. We're not the, like it is. I went by time played and it is the game that we have played by far the most on the switch out of all games. Bear in mind breath of the wild uh, we have on the Wii U, not the switch. Hmm. Um, but, but that said, I think that even if we did, it would it like surmount the amount of time. Cause Gwen just has put in a lot, a lot of time on it. Um, but, the, but the thing is, um, uh, the 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 thing is is that we're not even at terra like I didn't even know about this terraforming I heard about it the other day but like like because it's all about she's the primary president it's all about how she pushes things forward you're probably power leveling and pushing it forward as you go being like what's the next objective what's the next thing I need to do where where she will play forever without talking to Tom Nook or asking like what should I do next or whatever mm-hmm. so like we're organizing a concert for KK Slider and he's to be he's to come to our island maybe as early as tomorrow um because we just got like three stars and uh gwen said tonight like going to bed she's like i'm so excited for kk sliders concert i'm like yeah right <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, but it's, uh, it's so good i'm i'm really glad that uh that you and and gwen are, are really enjoying it because that's that to me is and i mean going back to the conversation of like you know having kids during this time i think for me it wasn't the reason I had kids, but the reason you have kids is because you want, you want to have that, you know, uh, companionship. You want to raise some kids. You want to enjoy yourselves. And I think as gamers, that's one of those dreams of like, I can't wait to be able to share this, this pastime, uh, with my kids. And that's, that's something I didn't get with, with my parents because they didn't play video games. They supported our hobby, but they, they didn't really, you know, join in, uh, they supported it. They were very supportive, but I, I'm looking forward to being able to get to that day where, you know, we can share animal crossing. We can play smash brothers. We can, 
you know, uh, enjoy some Halo or something. That's, that's, I mean, that's part of the dream, right? So it's really, I'm really excited that you're, you're experiencing that because that's gotta be a stellar feeling considering what we're doing now with this pandemic, like to have that now, that's amazing. It is. It, well, there was a moment where I was like, playing, we're playing co-op and I'm like, this is it. This is like now we had it a bit with Yoshi, but like this was really like she's calling the shots and suggesting things and just it being a, a, a vehicle for her creativity. All of that is so great. I'm sure I'll be talking about it again. And I know that we've taken up a lot of time with it, but uh, but no, it's really the most significant thing uh, in terms of the the video games and stuff that we've been playing or any media really. And, and for me, it's like the video game industry just partly coincidentally has stepped up major in this time period. Like there's been like some great, great releases that I know tons and tons of people have enjoyed. Uh, My friend Bo has really loved Doom Eternal. Uh, We animal crossing has been a big one. Um, Final Fantasy VII I'm playing now and a lot of people are, are talking about that and are really, really into it and enjoying it. It's, it's a big mini RPG with a nostalgia factor. And then um, Half-Life, there's first Half-Life game in forever amount of time and it's in VR and it, it it's, you know, done really, really well. There's a remix of Persona 5, which is another huge mini RPG that's done really, really well. So there's a ton of stuff for people to play and the, in, to enjoy. And I have played a lot of it, uh, just like even if it's not complete to completion. And it's just, to me, it's just kind of funny that like if you ask me what's my game of the year so far, like, I mean, I think it would be Animal Crossing and it wouldn't even be much of a contest. And it's not because, it's because of the experiences that I've had in it as opposed to um, the other games, which are more traditional uh, although Half Life Alex, which uh, I I've played quite a lot of, is not like is is not traditional in that it's it's a VR game. Mm-hmm. Do we uh do we want to save Half Life Alex for next week? Because I mean we probably have a lot on that, don't we? Well, I will just like I will just say real quickly. I've mm-hmm. been playing Half Life Alex. I haven't finished it, and I've taken a break to play Final Fantasy VII. It's tough because um, with VR games because. Um, they take a physical toll. And I mean, like, it's really people's eyes will roll and all of that sort of stuff when they, when they hear that sort of thing, but it, it does. And like, there's some that are are made to make you sweat. Half-Life Alex isn't, it is very much designed in a way that you can play it for long periods. And I have, and that's been great, but just to engage with VR media, like, to come down and after you put the kids to bed and you're tired and like, you know, I've like work's been crazy and all of this stuff. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do this, this VR game. Like, I mean, it's tough. So I, Mm -hmm. I, because of that, I haven't completed half-life Alex yet. And it's not due to not wanting to play the game. It's due, it's due to the VR nature of it all. I'm a VR player. I've played a lot of VR games. So I am less wowed by half-life Alex. than I think a lot of people are, I think a lot of people have played it and were like, oh my God, they can do this. You're walking around and you can load your own gun and oh, it's so crazy. And look, I can make things fly towards me and pick it up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of VR games that have different parts of this, this put together already. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it is still a triple A product made by Valve and it is it is a great game and it is really, really fun to play. And I recommend it for everyone Uh 
who has a VR headset. Uh, I just, I don't, it, it was, it's not as a mind blowing as I've experienced everything that it has to offer in VR before. And yeah. it's just that I haven't experienced it to this scope. So like, Every item can sort of be picked up, thrown around, or engaged with in some way. I've been in one, two-room games that do that. To, to play through an entire campaign that does that, that's impressive. But at the same point, that novelty kind of wears off and you stop picking up every can at one point, you know? Um, so so uh, so I've been really enjoying it. I anticipate finishing it. Um I forgot how a Half-Life game is structured a little bit in, mm -hmm. in playing through it. There hasn't been a ton of story. It's mostly like go from point A to point B. But it is also probably the scariest game I've ever played. It is brutally scary um, because of the, the VR nature of it, yeah. because of the creatures, because of everything. I think that if you're at all sensitive to horror or whatever, you would not be able to play this game. There's a So I, I've been playing it as well, and... Um, I, I even though I haven't had as many VR experiences as, as you had, I do agree with you. At least early on in the game, um, I I'm around chapter seven or eight now. But in the first three or four chapters, it very much does feel like I was like, okay, this is a very polished AAA VR game. But they're doing a lot of the stuff I've already experienced. And but to the extent that it is, when I say polished, like that really shows in a VR game when something isn't polished or they cut corners or there's not necessarily cut corners, but it's not like, it's not designed to, to this, to this triple A experience. You feel it because it is VR and, and you feel it in, in the way you have to move and the way you have to kind of trick the game into working. You, I'm not, I didn't experience that with my time with Half-Life Alex. So that really is a crowning achievement for this game and that you're able to just play it. The hassle is yes, of course, setting up your VR. For me, it's even more so because you know, I've got to move furniture out of the way when I was playing with my Rift and put my contacts back in. You know, I wear contacts all day. I can't wear my contacts into the evening. My eyes start to get sore. So I have to either, you know, take the glasses on and put the contacts back in after having them out for a couple hours. Like that also puts a strain. My, that it, we're not just talking about like moving around and sweating. We're also talking about the strain on your eyes because you have this like headset strapped to you. And then I've been kind of playing around with uh, with the Quest and I've been playing it on the Quest and doing it wirelessly. So I was also having to figure out, okay, how do I stream the VR game from my computer to the headset through virtual desktop? And how does that work? How do I get that going? And, and I did get a, a very, a pretty good setup. And that's, that's the cool thing about the Quest is that you just, you don't need tracking. It's all done by the headset. So I, rather than moving furniture around, I can just step into my living room and play there or sorry my my front room and play there where there's just always space and just kind of clear the kids toys out of the way and and uh have some fun with it so i i've gotten to a point where i can i've found the most comfortable way to play i just haven't like you said i haven't had the time to finish it i i i think i'm halfway at this point but you're right yeah. like the story is um it the story for this one in the sense of half-life alex being a prequel to half-life 2 I think that affects the story in a way where you're waiting for the shoe to drop of like, okay, they made this game for a reason. They, I hope they didn't just pick yeah. this time frame so they wouldn't have to address, you know, the cliffhanger of episode two, Half-Life 2. But right now, that's kind of what it feels like. They're not filling in any gaps 
you know it's no. just a very it's a very cool vr experience and as a half-life player i want to see some story and i think we get there judging by people's reactions reactions to this game. yeah but no i i think you're right I, there, and it's not where I'm at yet, but I've never really cared about a Half-Life story, and I'm a story player, so that's, you know, like, it hasn't been a big issue for me. And I I, I will say, and I heard um, Kirk Hamilton on the Kotaku podcast mention this, and I agree with it. Um, one thing that's very interesting or that you think about in Half-Life, Alex, because it's a Half-Life game, it's essentially a first-person shooter, and, and uh, um is that it takes a like and vr games do this in general but this one really does it takes away abstractions that your minds make when playing your mind makes when playing video games so for instance in a video game most first person shooters if you walk up to a door that you can open you click the a button and then it opens the door or uh, maybe some games the door would just open when you bump into it but likely not if you need to reload your gun you click the reload button you know like and your character reloads the gun there's there's an abstraction there between what you're doing and and what is shown on screen and and um a vr game takes that abstraction away if i need to open a door I open the door, you know, like I'm the one that turns the handle and pushes it out. If I'm, if I'm pointing with a gun, uh, I'm the one I need to have good aim. One of the biggest upgrades in the game is the laser sight for any gun. You can get it on multiple, but before you get that, it can be literally brutal to, to even hit guys. And especially under pressure, like you're, you're, you're nervous, you're nervous, you're, you're, aim is off it's not like the steady aim of a first person shooter where you're con- controlling an abstract character and then the reloading and people have talked a lot about that is each gun has its own specific reloading system and and they're not like super complicated but there's generally two motions to most of them and uh you can fuck up you can drop your clip on the ground you can do all sorts of stuff and um and uh, yeah, like you get better with it as the game goes on. You're like, okay, okay, I know how to do this, and and, and you pull it together, and that's really cool. But it's an it's an abstraction that becomes real in that game, and that's why like it is good as a first person shooter, but it is great when you add in all these new things that you have to do. The problem is that I'm at the point. I'm not saying where I'm not surprised anymore, but like because they add new set pieces like most of these games do. But I'm at the point where I know I can see the seams and that takes a little fun out of it a little bit. Like I know from a distance now, if I can open a door or if it's a texture map, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm like, Oh, that door I can't open. You know, I know I can't, I'll walk up to it and you won't be able to open it. It's just a texture map. Like it's not a, and, and so like when you get to that part in a video game, even in a VR game, it makes it less immersive, but it makes me better at it too. So anyway, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it when we both, near near uh near the end i'm on break uh but i plan to go back to it for sure yeah yeah for sure me me too um the uh just you know cognizant of time i will say that for me on the diapers side of things um you know we've already talked being being at home and coronavirus but we had a big easter weekend recently and uh gwen was so so excited about the. this was again like having something for her to be excited about about the easter bunny were your kids uh like do they get the the concept of the easter bunny and that eggs are going to be hidden and that or do you do that oh yeah oh yeah they get it 
both Caden and Abigail were very excited to find find eggs. Uh, we we hid them. So what we do is we, I don't know why we buy a bunch of chocolate. I even said Dash is like, why do we buy so much chocolate and and put them in these plastic eggs when we know like we're probably going to eat most of the chocolate ourselves and and give up a a small amount to the kids because there's nothing worse than having kids, you know having too much chocolate um but then you you see the way they their eyes light up as they're looking for these eggs and they both really really dug it to the point where they're like oh is easter bunny coming back again tomorrow you know thinking this is a this is a a standard event but no they they had a great time uh finding eggs and and i also enjoyed hiding them i think that's it's one of my favorite and hopefully people aren't listening to this uh you know, we're, we're the Easter Bunny helpers. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, no, we, uh, I, I also kind of enjoyed hiding them, but it was also like end of the day. And I had to, I was the one who put all the chocolate in the eggs and then put them, put them around. And I was like, oh God, this is being the ass. Um, and, uh, but, but it was so fun the next day to see like Gwen in particular. And this was the first year Clara was old enough to like get it. And she was also like, we had to have a conversation with Gwen, like if the eggs are easier to find or more available then like maybe Clara should be the one to get them. And so they, they did a really great job of sharing them and it was really great. And then the next day, or sorry, that was a Sunday. The Saturday of that weekend was actually Clara's two-year-old birthday. And so she, she became two. We had like a little virtual party with family and and we, it was, it was really great. Clara had a great time, got some great presents, including that goddamn house that I've been building. Uh, and then, at, then it was the Easter, Easter the next day. And then Gwen on Easter Monday, Gwen lost her first tooth and she was so excited about that. And then, uh, I can't believe that they lose them so early, but I guess that made sense. I checked into it. I was like, this seems early. Did I give her too much Easter candy? But no, it was, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's supposed to happen. And then, uh, and then, uh, the, so the tooth fairy came the day after the Easter bunny came. Right. So like, it's just, uh, you know, a lot of intruders in our house during a COVID situation, you know, uh, (laughs) but, but it was a good, yeah. Anyway, it was a good weekend. I won't go into it much more than that. Um, uh, but, uh, but we had a good, uh, a good Easter weekend with a lot of events in our household, which is nice because it broke up sort of the, the COVID monotony, but we then felt it a little bit more afterwards because the following weekend was not as notable. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I can, I can certainly feel that in terms of so like right after Easter, it was, it was, it was tough for the kids. Cause I mean, they, they still, um, it's, it's both of us not working and, and the kids not being in any sort of preschool or anything anymore. It is tough to keep track of what days there are. And so what we've done is we've like tied a specific day to like a movie night where we have like a pizza, either we, we ordered in this time and we went and picked it up and, and we've been watching the, the Kung Fu Panda movies. Uh, Caden really gets a kick out of those. Um, I mean, and uh, but but really, the the star of uh, television time with the kids has been Bluey. I don't know if you've heard or seen this show before. Does it ring any bells for you, Bluey? Uh, no, I don't know that one. Okay, so I got. I'm gonna just start off this off with, with this quick little thing here. In that, if you have kids, uh, you need to check out Bluey. Bluey is is. Um, is Paw Patrol for the kids, but also an excellent show that that you or I could enjoy at the same time. It's it's so good. It's a it's a children's cartoon from Australia. It's available on Disney Plus. There are like 
They're seven-minute episodes, and they're so cute and adorable, but they have they have this representation of the parents that just feels so spot on. It's like you're watching a Pixar film and then it's for everyone, but it's still a kid's show. So you have these parents that are like, they're tired. They exclaim things sometimes when, you know, their kids, you know, step on their toes or something. Like, it's not something you see in these children's cartoons where either the parents are non-existent or they're perfect, right? But in this in this show, Bluey, it's, it's about... Um, a family of four they're basically there's no humans that all the humans are dogs essentially and it's not and it helps it's australian because like all the accents are amazing but yeah you have to check out bluey it's the only show that both caden and abigail will sit and watch and enjoy um caden loves tv abby just she loses interest so quickly um but bluey it holds her attention they love it I, I, you yeah. have to check it out with your kids. They'll probably both. I mean, again, Good like wreck. I think I think Gwen will enjoy it, and I know Clara will enjoy it. And it's again, I've sat there, I've watched every episode, and it's it's fantastic. And I can't say that about Paw Patrol. It's mind numbing. Paw Patrol is, but this is great. My kids are watching Dora the Explorer, and uh, they they'll agree to like that one. And now Clara is starting to see Spanish words, which I think is really cool. But at the same point, I really wish there was an equivalent for French. Uh, when I was a kid, there was this show called Marie Soleil that doesn't exist really anymore, and it's really hard to friggin' track down. Um, that was something somewhat like that, but like uh, I, I'm seeing the educational value that some of those shows are bringing. As to Bluey, like in how um. Uh, the imperfect parents like uh, Peppa Pig, which we were really into for mm. a while. Like uh, the daddy pig and mo- uh, and mummy pig were definitely not necessarily perfect, uh, perfect parents. Um, definitely uh, Homer Simpson esque in a little bit of a way that would be friendly for the kids. Peppa I like Pig's that a one really, as well. uh, a really good example as well of, of a show that, that I, I enjoyed, but not, not to the level of, uh, of, of Bluey. Like, again, like these, like the kids are like, uh, some episodes are just, they play these extravagant games. And then, uh, like one good example is like, uh, there's this, there's an episode that's like tickle crabs. So, um, they, you know, the, the father says like, okay, kids, what game do you want to play? And they're like, oh, we really want to play tickle crabs. And he's like, no, I don't want to play tickle crabs. And then the mom walks in and is like, what's going on? It's like, the kids want to play tickle crabs. And she's like, oh, I got to leave. So she like bails. And then the dad's like, oh, fine, we'll play tickle crabs. And the whole time these, the, the two kids are like running around, like, you know, sidestepping like crabs and they're trying to tickle their father. And it's like six minutes of their father being tortured and obviously not enjoying it, but still finding ways to like you know, throw it back at their kids in the sense that he's like, oh, I've glued you to the wall so you can't get off now. I'll see ya. It just, it works so well as like a, like an all ages, it's still very much a kid's show, but it's just, it's, it's nice to watch something that I can tolerate, you know? And I thought I felt that way about Paw Patrol to a certain extent, but this is, it's heartwarming at moments. It's funny. It's sad. It's just, it's weird how good this is. And I, I'm, this could be the pandemic talking. I'm, I'm being, I'm like up here with this show. This but, could uh, be the pandemic. Look, really I've been in this house with these Australian <laughs> dogs, and they're telling me stuff, and I don't know if it's the sleep deprivation or, or the newborn, the pandemic, or whatever. But they're making a lot of sense. It's, it's making a lot of um, sense, and I, I gotta say, like, and the kids are getting into it where they're like, 
they're wanting to play some of the games that uh, that they're playing on the show. Like they want to play, you know, uh, yeah. One of them was like Mountain. So literally, they the the family comes home from like a Canada's Wonderland s type thing, and the parents are exhausted, and they say, okay, five minutes till bedtime. And like, oh, we want to play a game. And it's like, all right, you can play mountain. And essentially that is the parents sleep on the couch and the kids have to climb the parents, you know, and it just game already. It's so good. Oh, man. Check it out. We should talk about it again. And maybe I'm crazy, but I need to know my 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 friends group who who have kids, uh, they were, you know, they were all like uh, they were also saying like, no, you got to you got to watch Bluey. It's amazing. So, anyways, Bluey, check it out. It's really good. It's funny. It's funny because, like, I've ranted and raved about Animal Crossing, <laughs> and, and now you've done Bluey. Like, we do sound like two crazy people. We do. We are. Um, it's, the pan- it's not the pandemic. It's just these things are very good. These things are good. Uh, no, the, for sure. And, uh, like, um, it's funny because we've got, obviously, a lot of catching up to do. We're going to try to be back on a regular schedule um, and, uh, you know, as, as much as we can. Uh, I know people are you know, probably content starved in this time. And, and I, I think this is a, a time where a, a podcast like this of, of regular folks, you know, how, how we're adjusting and, and how we're making do is something that could perhaps resonate with people. I'm not sure how much escapism is, it, it is as much as it's a reflection uh, of people's lives. But uh, as this continues, so shall this podcast, um, but we will wrap up the Dungeons and Diapers section. Uh, Ryan, do we have any mail this week? We actually have two emails. Sweet. Uh, one is a question from Nam. Hi, enjoy the show. Guys are uh, show guys are great. Uh, heard uh, Ryan will be on leave for nine months. Wondering how that is possible. Now, um, for for the listeners, Nam actually emailed us shortly after our last episode. I responded back to him, sort of with the idea uh, and a link to the. You know, maternity and parental benefits that are uh, the that we are entitled to as Canadians uh, through employment insurance, and um, I'm able to take nine months as as a parent. Now, most of the time, the father wouldn't take that amount of time because you're you're it's shared between the mother and father. Uh, but Ashley, uh, having had two kids already. Uh, didn't have enough hours to qualify for maternity or parental leave. So I was able to take the full nine months. And we figured since this is our last uh, kid, we planned for three. I said, you know what? Screw it. Let's do nine months. Let's make it work. It's odd that it just so happened to be timed with this global pandemic. But um, yeah, oddly coincidental. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. But uh, it, just to, to flesh that out too, Ryan, it's mm. like Ryan's able to take nine. Nine is um available to either the the uh, husband or the mother or the father yeah but the first three are uh, like of a year-long period are uniformly only available to the the mother uh that's maternity leave only and it mm-hmm. is it is a it is a great benefit that uh, we have here i it's funny you read that question as like heard ryan will be on leave for nine months wondering how that is possible you you're like you read it as if Nam was concerned about you being on leave from work and wondering how it was possible. I th- I read it as Ryan's going to be off the show for nine months. How is this possible? Will Crofton just talk by himself? <laughs> and uh, and um, because it does, he says hi, enjoy the show. So I figured he was talking about the show. And and the answer to that would be if Ryan was off for nine months, I would just talk by myself. It, 
It, the the real hurdle there though would be do you know how to record can you can you do you do that can you do that i would yeah that would be a hurdle yeah you know it's all a hypothetical I know. up to this point i would have to figure it out but definitely i feel like i could like as my animal crossing rant from earlier in the show um would would you and Gwen suggest could hold down the fort for a couple weeks yeah, i think you'd be fine i could yeah i could have guest hosts you know the children in my life gwen clara Bo. you know like <laughs> they could come in, they could come in and, and say a few things anyway yeah. so you said two emails what's Ooh, the other one yes we got an email from derek uh you know this is a big fan of our show hey guys derek here again wanting to weigh in on the current insanity I work in EI, employment insurance, processing, and get to deal with the 1 million plus applications we received in just over a week. This was an email from a month ago, so it's way more than a million now. Uh, so that's been fun. The department is so, mostly... So wait. Oh, go ahead. Let me, st- let me stop you right now. Say thank you so much, Derek, for yes. all that work. Frontline worker. That is freaking amazing. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, everyone. no, kudos. Definitely thank you, thank you. Uh, doing a big part. And and I know a lot of, you know, federal employees have sort of shifted over to, you know, Service Canada and CRA to kind of help with that. So it's, uh, there's a lot of essential employees out there that are across the board, just doing an amazing job, frontline staff. Um, But uh, email continues, the department is mostly working from home, but at this time, I'm still in the office due to not having a separate area to work at home. Work has been a bit interesting to say the least. The kids, 10.5 and 8, are loving Animal Crossing. It's actually teaching them about money management and how Tom Nook is a crook, but equally adorable. Hell yes. Yeah. Are you also experiencing that? Are you trying to teach your... Uh... No, well, I. It, this echoes what I was saying earlier about the about learning and stuff. De- definitely Gwen, Gwen is understanding money management a little bit and... and um, yeah, I know. Uh, def- definitely, there's been some lessons that have been uh, appropriate. Although she, she interest-free loans is not something that she should get used to. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, school is starting up virtually today, March 30th. Since last week was scheduled spring break in Alberta, uh, we have a laptop that we set up for the kids to do their schoolwork online. Our school board is set up for Google Classroom, and they have a lot uh, set up on there. The kids are getting stir-crazy as I write this. We have a snowfall warning for 10 to 20 centimeters of snow over the next 24 hours, so that'll really make it even more crazy. It's taken a while to get into the new routine, which is changing now that we have the school stuff starting up again. All the best to both you and your families, and congratulations to Ryan and family. Derek. Uh, It sounds like he's... uh, Now, again, like that email's from, as he dated it, March 30th. So things probably have changed quite a bit for him as he's going forward. I, that's the thing, like for school, that's the one thing I am very grateful for is that the kids aren't in school yet because I can't imagine that being an easy shift, right? No, it's it's definitely not. And Gwen's on Google Classroom for uh, for kindergarten, and I know senior kindergarten, like people would scoff to a certain extent. Oh, kindergarten, what are they doing? But they have they have their day lessons, and she does a lot more than I ever did in kindergarten. And I just feel bad because it's such a special time, and she's missing out on her year. Because bear in mind that like the, this year, whatever year your kid is in school right now, that is a year that they are not going to have. So like. Like or the second half of it. So you know, if you're in high school, like 
you may have good, bad, traumatic, happy memories of your grade 10 or your grade 11 or your grade nine or whatever. And, and, you know, it's, it's gone and you're, you're doing these things virtually and not having these connections. So it is, a, it is a big thing. And, and, and Derek's kids here are, are older. So they're right in the grade school, you know? Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so it's, if they have a great teacher, if they have great friends in class, like it's something that they're missing out on. I can't imagine, that it is easy and I'm sure a lot has changed for Derek and, and company since, since the email, uh, which is an all timer incidentally, Derek, that's gotta be one of our best ones ever. Thanks mm-hmm. so much for sharing. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, if you have your COVID survival stories you want to share, please do. We would love to hear how everyone's doing, especially like, as I said, everybody has a different story. Their, their kids are at different places. Uh, their, their work requirements are at different places. Um, uh, you know, uh, we would love to, we would like to hear about them, profile them on the show. Uh, so you can email us at dad at tgistudios.com. It's dad at tgistudios.com. Uh, you can also visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. That's where all our episodes are um, and you can get caught up. If you're looking, uh, if you're a new listener and looking to find some great uh, content to keep you uh, busy during quarantine season. Um, also, Ryan and I, both individuals of individual natures, you can follow us online. I am at Croft and Steers on Twitter. Ryan is at R Murphy. So um, that's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers, extra long one, as we get caught up on the big Ryan Murphy news, as well as COVID-19. Uh, we will be in touch in the next little while. We hope to hear from you folks. Everybody stay safe out there. Any final words, Ryan? Yeah, definitely stay safe and uh, stay healthy. We'll chat more soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Dun, dun, dun. Are you doing the A A team? Yes, I was. Thank okay, you. perfect. Very Spot. good. Off off of like one note, you very good.